podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Tuesday, the 31st of May, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from, while also keeping your data safe. If you go to libertyshield.com and use the code EPL25, that's EPL25, you'll get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, the season is over. So... The preamble is over, and it is time for the main part of the year, which is the transfer window. The UK transfer window opens tomorrow. The European one opens in a month. This is what we all really live for, isn't it? Transfer gossip, scuttlebutt, who might leave, who might arrive. All the playing game stuff is just something to fill a bit of time between the transfer windows, really. So what I thought we'd do today is go through and today and for the rest of the week, go through the 20 Premier League clubs who have just finished the season and take a look at what it is that they might need this summer. Myself and Kevin DeVries of the EPL Roundtable, we're going to do a season review, a two-parter, season 21-22, all 20 teams will split it in two parts like we normally do. We'll have one part of that on this feed on Monday. And I think the other part will come out on Kev's feed, the EPL roundtable feed, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's going to be Monday. And then Tuesday here, what I'm going to do is take a look at the three teams coming up and what they might need. So we'll go position by position, club by club. Um, Might as well do this alphabetically. So today we'll do Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton and Burnley and try to figure out what it is these clubs might want to do or might need to do this summer. So let's start with Arsenal. So Aaron Ramsdale is going to be their goalkeeper moving forward. He had a good first season, really good start tailed off quite drastically at times. But at 24, they've invested heavily in him. He is going to be their first choice keeper. Bernard Leno, it looks like he will leave. And of course, they have the American goalkeeper, Turner, coming over. He'll be the backup. 
and Akonkwo will be the third choice keeper. So it wouldn't be my preferred choice because Aaron Ramsdale isn't the type of goalkeeper that I like, but I think Arsenal will view themselves as set in the goalkeeping situation. Let's move across the back four then. At right back, they've got Tommy Asu. I thought he had a very, very impressive first season in the division. The only issue with him was he only played 22 games. He had quite a few injuries. Obviously, he arrived a little bit late in the window. Didn't get a preseason with them. But from day one, I just thought he looked like an excellent defensive right back who was comfortable on the ball. He does really remind me of Branislav Ivanovic, just in how he plays his build. I'm not saying he'll become as good as Ivanovic, but he certainly has the potential. And he does have really good versatility. We saw him line up at left back and he can play centre back as well. He can also do a job in holding midfield. But he will be Arsenal starting right back moving forward. So the thing for Arsenal now is to get a backup to him. Now, Ben White can fill in there. And stylistically, they're similar enough. But Tommy Ass is a much better defender. But moving Ben White creates other issues. Their primary backup this season was Cedric. He's number one, past his best. Number two, a totally different type of right back. And the issue with that is that when you change a player in your team for someone completely different, it changes how you play. It alters certain things that you do. Arsenal has the same problem with centre-back, and we'll get to that in a sec. But I think the first port of call for Arsenal this summer, among many, is going to be a backup right-back. Kieran Tierney is the left-back. Again, I think he's very, very good. Really strong defensively. Good versatility. Good leader. I think he should be the vice-captain moving forward, which is what he is now. I don't think he's quite ready to captain a club of the scale of Arsenal, but certainly one for the future. Captain for the future. The primary backup at left-back was Nuno Tavares, who arrived from Benfica for about £7 million. Had some games where he did look good, had other games like he looked, where he looked like football was completely new to him like he'd never played the game before. He's also a very different type of left-back to Kieran Tierney, whereas Tierney's quite measured. He's not a hugely expansive player. Tavares is a bit frantic. He's got good pace. He gets forward quite well. He's very aggressive, but he's overly aggressive. Tierney's measured in what he does. Tavares isn't. There has been some talk that Arsenal would like to bring in another left-back, which says to me they're probably going to move Tavares on, either on loan or permanently. It's not necessarily something they have to do this summer, but it is something that they look like they might do. And again, because he's a very different type of left-back, just for how they play, it might be the smart decision. Moving into the centre, they've got Ben White, they've got Gabriel. Both ball-playing centre-backs. It's a partnership that at times did look quite good, but when put under real pressure, they did struggle. Now, they don't have any backups who are of the calibre, excuse me, of the calibre you'd want starting in the Premier League. 
Rob Holding is fine as your fifth choice centre back. He's a guy you bring on with five minutes left when you're trying to cling on to a lead because he'll just head and kick it. Doesn't do anything fancy. He heads and he kicks it. But Arsenal want to play out from the back and Rob Holding doesn't fit that. He's not good enough on the right and he doesn't have a left foot. So um, they need to find two backup centre-backs. Now they have William Saliba, who they own, who I believe is a better centre-back than Ben White. So for me, I'd be looking at Saliba and Gabriel as my two and then Ben White as the backup to Saliba. But they spent £50 million on Ben White, so he'll probably begin next season as first choice regardless. They need a left-footed centre-back to be the backup to left-footed Gabriel because otherwise it changes how they build out from the back. And everybody else then has to adapt to the fact that that guy's not left-footed. They do own Pablo Mari, so they could use him. But reports are that he wants to leave permanently. He's not happy with how he's been treated at the club and he wants to move on. So if he does move on, they're going to have to buy a left-footed centre-back to come in and be the backup to Gabriel. And one of the issues there is that left-footed centre-backs tend to come at a bit of a premium because there just isn't a whole lot of them. Now, one option they could look at is Dan Axel Zagadou, who is available on a Bosman from Borussia Dortmund. Huge athlete, but has had some injury issues. He's someone they could look at. I'm not going to get into who teams should buy today. That's content for later in the window, but he, he'd he be one option as, as an example. But definitely a backup right back, definitely a backup left side centre back who has to be left-footed and potentially a backup left back. That's quite a bit to do just in that defensive area for the Gunners. Move into midfield. You've got Thomas Partey. Now, they've played, at times it's a 4-3-3, at times it's a 4-2-3-1. If we count Partey and Odegaard as starters, that's fine. And I think Lakonga can be developed as the backup to Thomas Partey. They've got Mohamed Elneny, who signed a new contract. I think he's fine as your fifth central midfielder in a 4-2-3-1 or the seventh one in a 4-3-3. Just that guy, again, like with holding, that you can bring on late in games to break play up and see things out. He's also a good energy spark plug. If you're chasing a game, you can come on and wrestle a bit of control back. But he's not someone you want starting too regularly. But they've got Lakonga behind Partey, so that's fine. They've got Smith Rowe behind Odegaard, so again, that's fine. You're going to be happy with that. Um, Super creative players. Odegaard's a bit more of a... He's got a bit more speed about him. Or, sorry, Smith Rowe's got a bit more speed about him. Odegaard's a bit more of a measured passer, but they can function the same way. They need a starting midfielder. Granit Jack is simply not good enough. He's simply not good enough to start for a team with any kind of ambition. It is telling that the collapse of Arsenal began with the signing of Granit Xhaka, and they've been bad since he got there. So you're going to be looking to replace him. And you probably also need to bring in a backup to whoever that player is. Now, 
you could look to bring back Ainsley Maitland-Niles and have him as a squad player, but is he going to be willing to do that? I don't know. It just depends on what he wants from his career. I mean, Maitland-Niles is 24. He'll be 25 later this year. So they have to make a decision on what to do with him. He has to make a decision on what he wants from his career. Ideally, I think you look to bring in a starting midfielder and a depth midfielder. Sack is the right winger. They've got Nicolas Pepe. That's fine. You don't need to sell him. You're going to lose money on him unless he forces a move. Just hang on to him. Keep him as the backup to, to Saka and your golden. You've got Martinelli on the other wing. Now, Smith Rowe can play there. I think they can bring back Reese Nelson and he can play there. So I think that's okay. Don't think they need to trust to, to touch anything there. Up front, they have obviously a, a massive need for a striker. It looks like Enketi will stay signing a new deal. So he'll be the backup. And I'd imagine Balogun comes back from his loan spell at Middlesbrough and he is the third striker and probably plays a bit more next season for them. But they need to buy a striker. Now, I think Jonathan David is the one that fits them really well in terms of his movement, his two-footed nature, his ability to play wide, which with him shifting wide allows Martinelli to break into those central spaces, allows Sackett to break into those central spaces. I think that's a front three that could work. Now, they've got the likes of Bellerin and Torreira and Mavroponis and Guendouzi all out on loan. It looks like none of them will be at the club next season. I think the Guendouzi and Mavroponis deals might be already done. They were options to buy. Um, Bellerin has said he wants to stay at Real Betis and Torreira just doesn't seem to want to come back to Arsenal understandable after how he was treated. So that could be some money coming in from those players. And uh, they've also got Austin Trusty, uh, the American centre-back. He's on loan at Colorado Rapids. I, I'm not sure how good he is, is the, is the thing. I'm really not sure how good he is. But maybe he is someone that can play a role for them, not this season maybe, but the following season. Now, is he left-footed is the question. He is left-footed. So maybe he fills that spot. Maybe he is good enough to play straight away. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. Um, I watched very little MLS this season. So maybe he is good enough to play for them. He played 13 games. He's played 13 games. That season's still ongoing. So maybe he fills the left-footed centre-back role for them. But if not, you've got to go and get one. Back up right back. Backup centre back, potentially backup left back, starting midfielder, depth midfielder, and a striker. That's six needs that I think Arsenal have to address this summer. Because remember, they're going to have European football next season. So you're adding a lot more games and you're adding a lot less. You're, you're taking away a lot of rest. Rather than just playing Saturday, 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 now it's Thursday, Sunday, all the way through. And the Europa League is a slog. It's a real slog. You just need to look at some of the teams that have been in it and how it's affected their league form. Like, look at West Ham this season with a small squad similar to Arsenal have now. And their league form was dreadful after the turn of the year. 
So I think Arsenal have to address these needs. They've got to get that starting striker. They've got to get that starting midfielder. And then they've got to put more depth behind this squad. Because otherwise, one or two injuries can completely torpedo their season. Okay, let's move on to Aston Villa then. So Emi Martinez will be the starting goalkeeper. We know that. He's very good. There's no need to worry about that. The backup spot could be a bit of an issue. Now, Robin Olsen was there this season. He did... Well, he only played once and he wasn't good. So they probably will look for somebody else to come in and be the backup to Martinez. Sinisalo, the Finnish keeper, he's their third choice and they seem happy enough with him. So it's probably just a backup goalkeeper that they need there. Right back, Matty Cash had a really good season. Arguably Villa's player of the season, so that's fine, but you've got to find a backup. He played 40 games this season, played every minute in the Premier League. It's not going to be sustainable for him long term. So they've got to address that. Right side centre-back is Ezri Konza. Didn't have a great season. Much of that is down to who he was playing next to. But he's really good. And when he's back from this injury, I expect him to go back to being really good. As depth behind him, they've got Callum Chambers. The left side centre-back has been a massive issue for them this season and last season and the season before because Mings just isn't very good. Now, they've already bought Diego Carlos from Sevilla. He wouldn't have been the one I'd have gone for. I think he's, he's good. He's at times very good. But he can be a little bit empty-headed at times. And it's also worth noting, he is 29. So he doesn't really fit with the timeline of the likes of Cash and Konza and other players in this team, such as one we'll come on to, who they've also just signed. But he is an upgrade, and they needed an upgrade. So if you've got him as the left-sided one, Mings is the backup to him, and then Courtney Haas is the fifth centre-back, that's fine. It's not brilliant, but it's fine. They have been linked to Tarkovsky. If that's true and they do still want him, Tarkovsky is the third centre-back that can play either side. Mings is the fourth. And then Chambers into the fifth centre-back role. You can sell Courtney Hawes. That's probably even better. Um, at left-back, Luca Dina is the starter. We know he's very good. He was very good at Everton. He wouldn't have been who I would have gone for again. His age profile was over what I would have been thinking Everton would do turns 29 this summer but you've got the two younger defenders in Cash and Conza the two older defenders in Carlos and Dina that's it's probably fine balance wise it's probably fine and then Emmy Martinez in that sort of older group as well though for a goalkeeper obviously it's less of a concern him being 29 so defensively I would say they're actually fine other than a backup left back and right back. I think the centre-back situation is fine. The starting full-backs is fine. I think you've got to address your depth full-back positions. I don't think you can go into another season with Ashley Young as your, your primary backup goalkeeper, or be backup left back, rather. I don't think that can be the case. I think he played far too much this season. He's fine. If you want to have him as your fifth full-back who can cover both sides, fine. But go and find a good backup for cash 
and a good backup for Dina, and you'll be in a much better situation. One of the biggest needs they had was holding midfield, and they've addressed it. They've signed Bubakar Kamara on a Bosman. It's one of the best signings anyone's going to make this summer. He is outstanding. Reads the game brilliantly, brings leadership to the team, brings organisation to the team, brings versatility, can play all across the back line if needed. But as a holding midfielder, he has been outstanding for Marseille since Vias Boas moved him into that role. Marvellous Nakamba will do a job as the backup. Callum Chambers has shown he can play there if needed. So that's fine. They've got loads of eights, loads of them. They've got Douglas Louise. They've got John McGinn. They've got Morgan Sanson. They've got Carney Chukwemeka. They've got Jacob Ramsey. They're fine in that regard. They don't need to address the number eight. Now, if they want to, if they want to upgrade and bring in a Basuma and maybe sell Douglas Louise, you're making your team better. Nobody's going to criticize you for that, but it's not necessarily a position of immediate need. Up front, then, they've got Coutinho and Buendia as playmakers. They've obviously played a lot together. For me, I, I'd only want one of them in the team at a time because I think they lack goals in this team. And when I look at their striking options, I look at Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. And for me, both of them have always done better kind of off the striker, almost as second strikers. Ings at Burnley played as a second striker. I know at Southampton he was the main goal scorer, but he did sort of play a little bit off Che Adams and then make his runs off him. And he had great success doing it. I think Watkins is the same. I think that's why they've struggled together as a pairing. Because neither of them's really a number nine. They're, Watkins was a wide player who got converted at Brentford. I'd be looking to buy a striker. I'd be looking to bring in someone that can get me goals. You've got Bertrand Traore there. You've got Leon Bailey. I'd keep one of them. I'd keep Bailey. I'd sell Traore. I think Bailey, I think there's a lot more to come from him. But he needs to stay fit. So I keep Bailey, you keep Coutinho, you keep Wendia, you keep Watkins, keep Ings, you add a striker. I think that's the one thing they've got to add up front is someone that can regularly get them goals, someone that can lead the line. Now, I'd be going for Ivan Tony if I was them. I think you play him and Watkins together. I think they'd be an absolute nightmare for defences with one of Coutinho and Buendia behind, plus those runners from midfield, I think that would be a really strong team. So I don't think Villa have massive amounts to do this summer. Now, again, look, I know I've said Arsenal have six to get and Villa maybe only three. That doesn't mean I think Villa are better than Arsenal. It's relative to what their ambitions are. For Arsenal, their ambition is to get into the top four. I think they need six players to do that. This coming season with European football, Two starters, four depth players. For Villa, well, first of all, they've already signed Coutinho, Camara, and Carlos this summer. That's three in already. And I'm suggesting another three. So that's six as well. It's actually seven because a backup goalkeeper too. But for Villa, the ambition is European football. And they don't have European football this season. So they're going to play less games than Arsenal. 
and their aim is lower than Arsenal. But I, that's what I'd be looking for. Striker, backup right back, backup left back, backup goalkeeper. And I think they can do it. The money is there without doubt. They've backed Gerard really well thus far. January with Dini and with Coutinho bringing in Chambers. I know it was on a free, but still adding to the wage bill. This summer, Coutinho permanently, Kamara, Carlos, they're not cheap signings. And the wages are going to be hefty. Now, I will say the reported wages are likely nonsense. Like I saw one report say Kamara is going to earn 170 grand a week at Villa. I, I would say that's nonsense. I would say it's more a case that he is probably going to earn about 120 grand a week. And he probably got about a £6 million signing bonus that might be spread over the first couple of years of the contract. So don't believe everything you read in the press. I, I just would struggle to see Villa, who are run by very intelligent people, handing out enormous contracts. They'll pay well. There's no question they'll pay well. But they won't pay stupid money. Moving on then to Brentford. And I was, I'm not a big fan of David Rea, but he had a good season and Brentford missed him desperately. Now, part of that obviously is the drop off to the other goalkeepers. Alvaro Fernandez was not good when he played, uh, Jonas Lossel was not good when he played. So they probably need to sign two backup goalkeepers. Get one experienced, you know, a Ben Foster type maybe, and then someone who they can develop to replace Raya. Maybe someone who will be an upgrade on Raya in a year or two. Finding them is difficult, but you'd always back Brentford, given how intelligent their scouting is. They played three centre-backs most of the season, but they did move to a back four late in the season. My assumption is going to be they go back to playing three centre-backs, but I could be wrong. Now, at centre-back, if we base it on three centre-backs, Pontus Janssen's okay. I, I think the Premier League is a little bit of a stretch for him, but he did okay this past season. Christopher Ayer was really good when he played, and they were a different team when he played. The only issue with him was injuries. After that, I think they need to address the centre-back position. Ethan Pinnock started the season well, and as teams figured him out, I think he started to look more like a championship player. I think he's a fine backup, but I think it's something they've got to address. Zanka had a lot of injury issues through the season. If he wants to stick around as a backup, fair enough. If he's the backup to Janssen, who I expect to start again next season, then so be it. You've got to find one starting centre-back and I think one backup centre-back because people like Charlie Good just looked way out of their depth and it was no surprise when he got loaned to the Championship. So one starting centre-back, one depth centre-back at a minimum needed for Brentford. You've got to go and find a starting right wing-back Rico, uh, Sergio Canos just doesn't do the job. Just doesn't do the job. He's not good enough defensively. He's not consistent enough. If he's your backup, fair enough. 
Left wing back was Rico Henry. I thought he had a really good season. But you've got to find some cover for him. You do have to find some cover for him because he is a player who's had some injury issues in the past. So that's definitely a position of need. I really liked their midfield. I thought they had good options. I thought Norgard had a good season. Uh, Jensen, once he got fit, I think he's a good player. Uh, Josh De Silva is better than we saw this past season. He obviously missed most of the season with injury. So I think next season we'll see more from him. I think we'll see a lot more from Onyeka next season as well, now that he's had a year to adapt to the Premier League. Ericsson, when he came in, was a revelation. And if Ericsson, Norgard, and Janolt, who I thought was probably their second best player all season, if that's your starting three, you're in really good nick. And then you've got Jensen, Onyeka, and De Silva as depth. I think you're fine in midfield if you can keep Christian Eriksen. It's going to be a test for them to keep Eriksen, but I really do want him to stay there. Fosu, uh, Perth Harris, Baptiste, they're all decent for depth, Bidstrup the same. But if they can keep Eriksen, they're fine. If they lose Eriksen, they've got to go and find a good starting midfielder, someone with a bit of creativity. Because the early midfields of, of Janolt, um, Norgard, and Janolt, Norgard, and Onyeka, while very hardworking and, and tough to beat, they lack that creativity. Up front, you've got Ivan Tony. I don't know that he'll be there next year, but if he is, that's fine. If he's not, obviously, he'll need to be replaced. I think you've got to find a good backup for him as well. Because when he wasn't there, they just looked lost. And then the partner for him, it's okay. It's Mbomo. It's Wissa. One, one or the other is fine. Wissa had a really good season. I actually think he should probably start next season as, as the starter next to Tony. That'd be the front two I'd look at. So you're looking back up striker, potentially a starting striker if Tony leaves as well. That's tough. Potentially a starting midfielder if they can't get Ericsson back. Definitely a starting right wing back, definitely a starting centre back, a backup left back, a backup centre back and a couple of backup goalkeepers. It's a lot to do with what's probably going to be one of the smaller budgets, but they do scout really well. They do recruit really well. And I wouldn't put it past them to find bargains on the margin. So a lot to do this summer. I think there's probably a couple of players who could be moved on. Like Ruerslev, for me, didn't cut it at the Premier League level. Um, I'm not sure Marcus Fors is cut out for the Premier League. He is very young, though, at 22. So, you know, maybe they'll have a different view of it, but it is noticeable that he was loaned out to Hull in the back half of the season. Um, and he didn't do well there. A lot to do for Brentford this summer. Second season is going to be tough. It's always tougher that second year round. They had a really good first season in the division, but next season is going to be tough. Moving on then to Brighton and Hove Albion. And we know, again, one of the best recruiting teams in the league. Really, really smart club. Top to bottom, they just run very, very well. I'm not a big fan of Robert Sanchez, but they love him and that's fine. They've got their, what they believe is their starting goalkeeper. That's absolutely fine. 
I don't think either Jason Steele or Tom McGill are good enough as depth pieces, but they do have Kiel Sherpin, the big Dutch keeper, who can come back in this season, haven't been loaned out last season. I think he'll play a part this year. So if you've got him behind Sanchez and Jason Steele as your third choice or Tom McGill as your third choice, I think you're set. Lamptey's the right wing back. I think they've got to find a good backup for him because when he's not there, they just look a completely different team. You know, Solly Mark does a job, but that's basically all he does is a job. He doesn't do a great job. He doesn't do a bad job. He's just sort of bang average. Um, you've got to find a backup to Lamptey. Hopefully Lamptey gets to play more next season off a full preseason without the injury worries uh, and they'll be good. Uh, Cucurella at left back was great this season and I don't think there's any worries there. Now the problem could be if they get a big offer, they might move him on, but I'm hopeful that he'll stay and give it another year. Back up to him, they do own Michael Karbonik, the young Polish left back. Very good player, very promising. He can come in and do a job next season and play a play a role for them. Um, at centre-back, Webster had injuries this season, but he is really good. I think he should be in the England squad. Uh, Webster and Dunk, that's fine. You need that third centre-back. You've got to find that third centre-back who can start for you. Now, they do have a couple who could potentially be options for them. Leo Ostergaard is one. Now, he's had multiple loans and impressed pretty much everywhere he's been. He was on loan at Coventry, looked really good, was on loan at Stoke, looked good, went to Genoa in the second half of last season. And despite the fact that they were a train wreck, I thought he played pretty well. Now, he did pick up a couple of red cards late in the season, but he was playing in a really bad team. It was very dysfunctional. I'd look at him more as a backup for next season than a starter, but if he's one backup and Joel, Joel Veltman is another, and maybe Shane Duffy sticks around another season as the third backup, you're probably in good nick there. They do also have young Hayden Roberts, who's very highly rated. So they're in good shape defensively. Other than that, starting centre-back and backup right-back. Get those, address those, and I think you're good to go in terms of your back five. The goalkeeping situation is ideal. Um, into midfield then, and there's loads of options. Now, there was too much Lalana this season. There was too much Pascal Grouse. Next season needs to be more Mwepu, needs to be more Motor, needs to be more Casado. A lot depends on what happens with Yves Basuma. If he goes, he will be replaced. And again, they're one of the smarter clubs. They've likely got a list of players who can come in and do exactly what he does for them. He's a very good player, but this is probably their, their chance to sell him for big money. But with Mwepu, with Casado and with Motor, they're in a really good situation in central midfield. Three really, really promising young, young central midfielders who can do a bit of everything. So you replace Basuma, and you're set. In the attacking midfield role, McAllister is outstanding. I want to see more of him. I want to see him play even more next season. Um, and you've got Trossard who can play that role and does it well. Trossard is also a second striker type, as is Neil Mopay. 
They've also got Andy Zakiri who can play as a second striker and get you some goals. They've got um, Percy Tau who does that role. And there's the kid who's on loan in Belgium that they signed in January, whose name is escaping. He's not even think he's a kid. Dennis Undav, another very good one. They've also got Abdullah Sima, so watch out for him next season, potentially having a bit of an impact. The big one for them is Kasper Kozlowski, whether he's over next season or whether he stays on loan. Huge talent, turned down bigger clubs to join them. He is sensational. If they can get him and McAllister working together, the chance creation will be off the chart. The need for them is going to be a nine. You've got Welbeck sticking around for the year. He's not great, but look, it is what it is. I forgot to even mention Teddy Jenks in central midfield and Jensen Weir. So central midfield, they might not even need to replace Basuma if they decide that Mwepu and Casado and Motor can all step up and play more. They could bring Jenks and Weir through as younger players who can, I think, play a role next season. They need to get that striker in, though. That's got to be the primary aim. Now, like I said, Dennis Undev had a really good season with uh, Union SG, but how does that translate to the Premier League? He scored 27 goals in 39 games across all competitions. It was very, very impressive in his first season at that level. He's a player who's worked his way up. He is 25, though, so we'll see how that translates to the Premier League. Again, is he a nine? Is he more of a Mope type who plays really well with a nine? I'd still be looking to bring in that center forward. And I still think Veghorst is worth considering for them. I think you'll get him cheap this summer as well, coming from Burnley. Now, Veghorst with, say, Kozlowski and McAllister is not ideal. But if Mope or Trossard are in the team, which you'd expect one of them to be there, and Kozlowski could play in midfield as well, so there's lots of options. But I still think getting that number nine is going to be important. I do think it's something they need to do this summer. They got very, very fixated on Darwin Nunes, and maybe they'll find another Darwin Nunes. Maybe there's someone out there who strikes them as, you know, could be the next version. Um, who it will be, I, I don't know. There's there's quite a few options. Um, I wonder would Martin Satriano interest them? Another RG was on loan with Brest this season, didn't have an outstanding season, but did play fairly well. Got some goals, big, quick, talented. Someone like that maybe is an option for them, but I'd always trust Brighton's recruitment now. Obviously, they've lost Dan Ashworth. He's gone to Newcastle. He'll be the new Newcastle sporting director. But much of Brighton's recruitment was all, and the processes were in place before he got there. He just fine-tuned everything. I expect him to be a success at Newcastle. I think he's a great appointment. But I trust Brighton to carry on regardless. I think they're one of the best-run clubs in the league. Final club we'll hit today is Burnley. And this one's difficult because 
they've just been relegated. So we don't really know who's going to stay, who's going to go. My assumption is Nick Pope is going. I think he's far too good to play in the championship. So you've got to go and sign a starting goalkeeper. Wayne Hennessy and Will Norris are fine as backups. You've got Bailey Peacock Farrell. I think he can be your number two. Maybe he's a number one at the championship level. Um, he had a pretty impressive loan spell, but I'd still be looking to bring in a goalkeeper. At right back, you've got Matt Lawton. I'd assume Phil Bardsley retires. And you've got Connor Roberts. So you're okay at right back. You don't need to address that. Left back, Charlie Taylor. He might get offers this summer. He's, I think he's more than good enough to play in the Premier League. But if he sticks around, I think you have him. I think you've got to address backup left back because it can't be Eric Peters anymore. It just can't be. Now, the championship level, he's less of an issue, but the guy can barely run anymore. So I think you've got to address that. You've got to get a backup left back in. At centre-back, Tarkovsky's going. Um, Nathan Collins is really good. Ben Mee is a good player. And Kevin Long is a fine fifth centre-back, but you've got to get better depth. You've got to go and address your depth at centre-back. And I think they've got to get two. Now, their finances could be all over the place. We've all heard the stories and read about them needing to repay a significant chunk of a loan. But will the owners be willing to dip in their pockets to try and get themselves back into the Premier League? I think they're going to have to. I really think they're going to have to. They can't afford to not come back up. So I think they've got to bring in some depth at centre-back depth at left back and a starting goalkeeper in midfield it wouldn't surprise me if Josh Brownhill left it wouldn't surprise me if West Ham looked at Brownhill as like a successor to Mark Noble and brought him in he's a better player than Noble but there's some similarities in the games that would be a huge blow that would mean that Burnley need two central midfielders Jack Cork will be fine for the year but you've got to get a starter in next to him, largely because Westwood is probably going to miss most of the season after that horrific ankle injury. So I think they need two in midfield, two in central midfield. I think Dale Stevens is one you let go. Um, you keep Cork, you keep Westwood for when he comes back. If you can keep Brownhill, you do. Either way, you need one. You still need one in midfield. Um, I don't know what happens with Dwight McNeil, is the truth of it. He didn't have a good season. He really did not have a good season. I was really expecting him to kick on this past year and show what he's capable of, and he just didn't. So maybe he doesn't get a move. Maybe he gets overlooked this summer. Maybe they just decide to hang on to him because they view him as so valuable to coming back up. But I think he's probably at his best when he's played on the right of the midfield four. I think Goodmanson is a backup to him. You've got to let Aaron Lennon go. Like I said, you've got to let Dale Stevens go. My assumption is Max Cornet will go. So you've got to find a replacement for him. Ideally, you use that money to buy a left winger. Veghorst, he could stay. And I think if he does, he'll score bundles in the championship. Barnes, I think, will go. I think his contract's up. I think he'll move on. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, I think, sticks around. Vidra will stay because he's got the injury and there's no real reason for him to leave. But I still think they need one up front. 
I think one up front to start next to Veghorst, a left winger, a depth player in midfield, or a starter to go next to Brownhill if you can keep Brownhill. If not, it's two starters, really. Ideally, it's two starters or a starter to go with Brownhill. Um, and depth at centre-back, it's a lot. Burnley have a lot to do, and it's going to be a messy year. You look at this squad, I don't see big interest in Loughton, but Charlie Taylor, I think, will get offers. Tarkovsky's going. Me will stay. I think his loyalty is, is unquestionable. I think Connor Roberts stays. I think Nathan Collins will get offers, but I think they'll decide to keep him. Peters should go. Bardsley should go. Long is fine for depth. Um, there's young Bobby Thomas, who has so little experience. I don't think he's played for Burnley. He's one, one appearance for Burnley in the EFL Cup, was on loan at Barrow the season before last. Maybe he's ready to contribute to the championship level as a depth centre-back, and if so, that, that takes off one of the needs. Um, Veghorst could go. I'd be hopefully stays, but he definitely could go. I think Barnes probably will go his contracts up, and I think he's seen his best days. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, cares, so I think he'll stay. Cornet will go. I'd be stunned if he didn't go. Uh, Vidra has the injury, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Lewis Richardson is a young attacking player who might be something, might not. For now, he's a depth player. Dara Costello and Joe McGlynn are, are young players who are unproven, as his own dodge in the defender. So whether you can rely on them or not, I don't think so. Not in the championship. It's too physical. And... The need for them is promotion, so they've got to have players they can rely on. Like I said, goalkeeper, maybe be like Bailey, Pe- Bailey Peacock-Farrell is the starter, but I'd be looking to bring someone in. Midfield is where I have, I have real concerns. Like Ideally, Cork and Westwood, when he comes back, would be your depth behind Brownhill and a partner with McNeil one side and someone else on the other. He'll probably want a Premier League move, but could you maybe get Todd Cantwell? Maybe. Maybe get Todd Cantwell on the cheap to replace Vidra. Go Brown, go McNeil and Cantwell out wide. Brownhill plus one in centre midfield for the championship. I think that's that's quite strong. And then you've got Goodmanson, Cork, Westwood when he gets back. You probably still need one more. It, it is a lot. Maybe um, Gomez Mancini can play. He, he's highly touted. Mark Helm is another young player they have there. Maybe these players can contribute next season, but I'm not really going to be holding my breath too much over it because young players in the championship, it's, it's only really the, the elite that thrive. So we'll see. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, I think it is just the gossip. Maybe one or two little bits of news and we'll leave it there. See you in a sec.
Right, welcome back. So uh, we've got some news to run through quickly. There's not a whole lot of it. We'll get through it quick. Uh, Everton boss Frank Lampard has been fined by the FA for his comments made after Everton's defeat at Anfield. Um, he made some silly comments about you don't get those here, you don't get them at Anfield. If it was Mohamed Salah at the cop end, I think he gets that it. it was a foul on Anthony. No, Anthony Gordon dived repeatedly and there's nothing more to be said about it. He dived repeatedly and there's nothing more to be said. Uh, Ruben Neves, Wolves are realistic over his midfield, over his future. There's been a lot of interest in him. There's a lot of clubs that would like to have Ruben Neves. Obviously, he's an outstanding midfielder. He's had a really, really good season. Um, Wolves already have John Ruddy and probably Romain Seiss leaving the club. Joe Matinho could potentially leave Adama Traore's contract. Our future is up in the air. They would like to keep Ruben Neves. I think they'd like to build around him. I think he ideally would be the focal point of their team. But technical director Scott Sellers has said, when you've got an outstanding player, then the top clubs are going to come and see what the situation is. So it may well be that if the right offer comes in, they will sell. And it may fund the rebuild, so it, it, it could be something that benefits them. Um, there's a piece on the BBC about what you need to know about the UEFA Nations League. I can summarise it in saying it's a nonsense. Uh, Karim Benzema has been named the Champions League player of the season. Was it ever going to be anyone else? I mean, Vinicius is probably the only other one that would have been worthy of mention. The team of the season for the Champions League is Thibaut Courtois, Trent, bizarrely Rudiger, Virgil, Andy Robertson, Kevin De Bruyne, Fabinho, Luka Modric, Mbappe, Benzema, and Vinicius. It's not a bad team. There's an imposter there, a right-side centre-back, but the rest of it is, is pretty impressive. I'm not sure Luka Modric warranted inclusion in this this season but I'm not going to debate it either um, Marcelo has left Real Madrid his contract expires on June 30th and he's not being renewed so he has left he has had an incredible career at Real an absolutely incredible career six La Liga titles five Champions Leagues the successor, the, the heir to Roberto Carlos. For me, he was never of Carlos's level, but he was outstanding for many, many years. Going forward, there was few better. Defensively, he was always a bit of a question mark, but going forward, there were times when he was just disgustingly good. Absolutely, insanely gifted on the ball. 15 years at Real as well. Arrived at 19, he's now 34. He's given his career to the club and he's been rewarded. He has been rewarded and he leaves an absolute hero and an icon to those fans. So congrats to him and best of luck wherever he goes. I assume he'll go back to Brazil and finish out his career there. Uh, he could probably play another three, four years in Brazil. Uh, Real Madrid fans showed class to departing Gareth Bale, says Wales boss Robert Page. Well, they did because they won. Everybody got 
praise because they won, but I mean, he played no part in it at all. And he's been largely garbage for them for the last three years. So, you know, he's collecting 600 grand a week to play golf. Get your money. Get your money. I hope he I hope he comes back to England. Actually, no. I hope he goes to Cardiff. Him and Ramsey. Go and finish your careers at Cardiff. Go play together at Cardiff for the next two years. Play for peanuts. Entertain the fans. Live close to home. You'll have fun. Then you can go and do whatever, whatever you want with the rest of your lives. Um, UEFA have commissioned an independent report into what took place outside the stadium. At the Champions League final, this comes off the back of the French authorities telling some baffling lies, absolutely baffling lies, despite overwhelming evidence that fans were not to blame. The French authorities are still trying to blame the fans. Uh, multiple French ministers made false statements regarding what took place. Liverpool chairman Tom Werner has written a letter to one of the ministers demanding an apology for what was said and the other one is going to be in even more trouble for what he said and if you want to know a bit more about the French Minister of the Interior, just Google him there's some interesting stuff online about the gentleman um, the report is needed, my assumption is the report is because a lot of the sponsors of the final complained about what took place and wrote to UEFA and once the the money is at risk, UEFA will act. So this report needs to be detailed, in-depth, needs to interview the people who were there. If you're a Liverpool fan who was there, go to at Liverpool, at LFC Help on Twitter. They have a form you can fill in and you can detail your experience at the match. And I urge everybody who was there to do that. We'll finish up with the gossip. There's nothing else to do today. Uh, Manchester United have started talks with Ajax over Durian Timber, who is valued at 43 million. I knew it'd be more than the 30. So 43 seems about fair for a player of his of his talent. I don't know that he's a centre-back in the Premier League in a back four. Uh, certainly in a back three, he'd be ideal. But in a four, I think he might be a little bit small. But he's really, really good. And he could play right back. Uh, Sadio Mane has not told Liverpool he wants to leave the club. That's from Sky Sports. He has. He has. Uh, Darwin Nunes has been meeting with some of the Premier League sides who are interested in him, including Manchester United, Liverpool and Newcastle. I think my assumption is that if Liverpool bid from Liverpool will get him, because I think he wants to play in the Champions League. I think that's the big thing. I think he wants to play in the Champions League. It just all will come down to money. There's some rumours say that Real Madrid are also interested. Uh, Manchester City are looking at signing Mark Cucurella and Calvin Phillips. I mean, we'll get to them in a couple of days, but yeah, they're... They're areas of need for sure. Um, you'd hope that those two clubs can hold on to their players, though, uh, Brighton and Leeds. Barcelona, Brazil forward Richarlison is considering his future at Everton. He changed agents recently, and a lot of talk at the time was he's changing agents to get himself a move. I don't expect him to be at Everton next season, but you never know. 
Romelu Lukaku plans to hold talks with Chelsea about his future after Todd Bowley completed the purchase of the club. I'd imagine there'll be fairly short talks. No one can afford you that wants you. Um, so, you know, work harder. West Ham are willing to sell Issa Diop, who has slipped to fourth choice under David Moyes. They need to buy a first choice, never mind a fourth choice. Uh, Issa Diop should probably leave. I- I'd be keeping him personally, but he, should, he, for the sake of his career, should probably leave. Manchester City are monitoring Leicester's highly rated England under-18 defender, Ben Nelson. Don't know much about him, but if he has sense, he probably stays at Leicester. There's probably going to be more opportunities for you at Leicester. Real Madrid have stepped up their attempts to sign Aurelien Chouameni in a bid worth £68 million. Chouameni has agreed a five-year deal with Real as negotiations over the fee continue. Brazil forward Neymar is planning to stay with Paris Saint-Germain despite speculation over his future. He Didn't he just sign like a new contract not that long ago that pays him an obnoxious amount of money? I feel like he did. And I don't really feel like anyone's going to want to pay any sort of real figure for him. Yeah, he signed a contract a year ago that has three years left to run. He is staying. He is staying. Unless they're going to pay him heavily to go away, he's sticking about. Inter Milan chief executive Beppe Morata hopes the club can sign Paolo Dybala. I think they've been favourites since day one to get him. Morata has a relationship with Dybala, and I think that'll be the the key factor. La Liga side Sevilla are considering joining the race to sign Harry Winks. Right. Former Chelsea and Arsenal winger Willian is keen to leave his native Brazil, where he currently plays for Corinthians, and return to play in Europe. I could see him doing quite well in Serie A at this point, uh, but certainly not in the Premier League. Barcelona are looking to to offload Martin Braithwaite on a loan deal this summer. Uh, but the 30-year-old is, is reluctant to move on. There is going to be some chaos coming out of Barcelona, I think, in the next couple of weeks. So some of the reports are frightening if you're a Barcelona fan. Nottingham Forest are keen to keep on loan Middlesbrough defender Jed Spence, but Tottenham, Arsenal and Brentford are all looking at him. He'd be a depth piece at Arsenal, a depth piece at Tottenham. He'd be a starter for Brentford and a starter for for Forrest. Palace are also linked. He'd be a starter for them. He is a London lad, so maybe he'd prefer to move to London, but I do hope he stays at Nottingham Forest. Uh, Lens midfielder Czech de Coure is a prime summer target for Crystal Palace. Mentioned that one yesterday. There's not a whole lot, really, in that. All stuff we already knew. Nothing groundbreaking. So, you know, a little bit of a disappointing thing but we'll leave it there tomorrow we'll pick it up with Chelsea we'll do Chelsea Crystal Palace Everton Leeds and Leicester what they need this summer and I'll see you then bye-bye Podcast Network.